Well, welcome everybody and Merry Christmas. I know this is a Christmas unlike any other Christmas that we've experienced, and it's truly been a turbulent year. And um, a year where that's filled with anxiety and just the unknown and fear. And, you know, I found, you know, I have to confess, I found myself um, thinking, you know, so many times, I remember when. You know, I remember when, you know, when I was in elementary school, that we used to walk two miles to school in a place today that I would not even let my kid walk to school. Where we, you know, in the summers and the weekends, we would leave our house at nine o'clock in the morning and just play with our friends and just hang out and have fun. And our parents had no idea where we were. There were no cell phones. There was no way for them to track us. And they didn't worry about us. And every time we would come back for dinner, and that was our rule. We could do whatever, you know, leave the house in the morning, but we had to be back by dinner. It was a time when a lot of times we we, we left our doors open. We didn't worry about, um, you know, thieves breaking in our house, and it was just a better time. And sometimes this year I found myself longing for those days, longing for the peace that we had, the peace that my parents had that, you know, as children we would go out and they didn't have to worry about us, peace that we all experienced because the world was a very different place than it is today. And I know that a lot of you today are longing for that peace and not finding that. But the good news I have for you today is because of Christmas, you could have that peace. It has nothing, nothing to do with our circumstances, but it's the peace that God gives to everyone who believes in his name. And so if you have your Bibles uh, with you, can you turn with me to Luke 2? Um, verse 8 to 14. And this is the Christmas story that we've been reading every single Sunday. And this is a Christmas story that, you know, I read, um, be, you know, every Christmas morning. Before we open our presents, you know, I read or I read this Christmas story to remind uh, my family of the real reason for Christmas. And there are angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is a Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those with whom his favor rests. And today we are going to talk about the peace that God could give us, and the peace that the angels were talking about. And my first point is that we could have peace with God. And having peace with God is, the, is, fun, is foundational and the first step of experience the peace that God and God himself can provide. And if you do not believe in God or, do not, or are not a disciple of Jesus Christ, 
Choosing to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important choice you make in your life. So if you are listening to me right now and you haven't made that decision to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's really, really important that you listen to what I'm going to say in a few moments because this will be the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. Because in order to have the peace of God, you first have to have peace with God. And the Bible tells us that all of the choices that you make in this world are temporary. You know, the career you make, maybe the choice of school that you want to go to, or the things you want to buy, the, vaca- the places you want to go on your vacation. All of these choices that you make, they're all temporary. But when you make the choice to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you choose to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that choice is eternal. And this is why this choice is so important. You know, like I said, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of God's holy standards. And what's God's holy standard? Well, God's holy standard is perfection. And you might say, well, that's a bummer. Then who could um, achieve that? And we're going to learn a, bit, uh, learn a little bit later that, well, Jesus Christ achieved that for us. But once again, the Bible says that all of us have sinned. And even if you don't believe in God, and even though you are not a disciple of Jesus Christ, I don't have to tell you this. Because you know. You know that you've made mistakes in the past. You know that you've made, uh, you're making mistakes today. And you also know that you are going to make mistakes in the future. So you know that this is true. And God is a holy God and demands justice for sins. And when you think about it, when we take a look at this past year and we take a look at all of the things that were happening, we did see a cry for justice. That all of the wrongs that happened this past year, we wanted to see justice happen, right? So justice is an important part of dealing with sin, right? And in a spiritual sense, justice requires that sin needs to be dealt with in two different ways. And God deals with sin in two different ways. And so in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when, so someone has to pay for our sins, right? It's either going to be us or it has to be somebody else in order for justice to be served. And the first way that God deals with our sins after we die is if we don't know Jesus, if somebody else doesn't pay for our sins, then we have to pay for our sins. And the way God deals with this is after we die, he, we, he separates us or we will be separated from him for all eternity in a place called hell. And that's the first way God deals with sin. If we have to individually pay for our sins. You might say, well, you know, that's a bummer. You know, why are you talking about that on Christmas Sunday? And truly, that is a bummer, you know. But, 
But God has another option, which is a gift. And that's what Christmas is all about. And this is the best gift that you could, you could receive in your entire life. Because he says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the second way God deals with our sin is to have somebody else pay for our sin. And in this case, Jesus paid for our sins. And this is the reason God sent his son Jesus into this earth, to eventually grow up and, as Kiki said, be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And so to pay, so when Christ died for, uh, on the cross, he paid for all of our sins. He paid the price that we could not pay. And God did, did this out of love for us. You know, it's kind of like having a credit card. And I've shared this before. Is when you use a credit card, it's not like you're purchasing things for free. Somebody's got to pay for all of the charges that, of the items that you purchase. So in the end, you get a bill and it itemizes all of the purchases you made within that cycle, monthly cycle. However, you know, in this case, once again, our sins are those, uh, credits that are counted against us that are on that list. But the gift of God is that since he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this earth to die for our sins, he actually paid for each and every one of our sins on the cross. And so when you look at your spiritual credit card statement, it says what? Paid in full. And so this is how you get the peace of God, right? By accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Well, then how do you get peace from God? And it's not by doing good, because all of your good works cannot um, pay off all of that debt that you have. It can only be paid off by simple faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What that says there in both um, verses of Romans that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and say, you know what, I'm going to turn away from my old lifestyle. And from now on, Jesus, you are going to be the Lord of my life. And I'm going to live the way that you want me to live. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now, this is important because what you're saying is that I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. But I also believe that not only were you um, executed for my sins, you were also raised from the dead, proving that everything that you said was true and proving that God will also raise me from the dead. And it's simple faith that you are saved. But once you make that decision, Romans 5.1 says that you have been justified through your faith, that God has declared you not guilty, God has declared you righteous. That you are righteous and not guilty in God's sight. Why? Because Jesus Christ paid for your sins on the cross. And now you could have peace with God. Right? Once you have peace with God, now 
you can experience peace with God. In the peace of God, rather. And John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says, telling his disciples, I leave you peace and I leave you my peace. And my peace, the peace that I leave you, leave you is not the same peace that the world leaves you. That it's radically different because the peace that we experience in this world is pretty much based on circumstances. That means if life is good, if things are going our way, then we experience peace, where peace is the absence of conflict. However, the peace that Jesus gives is not based on circumstances, but in a sovereign Lord who loves us and has a plan for us, and then who is in control of all things. So whatever happens to us, it's happening because God is allowing it to happen, and it's, he's happening, it's happening for a reason. In Romans 8.28, it says, And for we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who have been called according to his purpose. So one of the reasons we could have the peace of God is that we know that whatever happens to us, both good and bad, the things that cause us joy and the things that cause us anxiousness and fear. It, God promises that he's going to work all these things together for the good, for good. And so whatever happens, we know that good is going to come out of that. However, this promise is not made for everybody because he says this promise is made for those who love God and for those who have been called according to his purpose. So once again, kind of like what um, Peter shared when he shared about his uncle, that prior to knowing Jesus, his uncle was having these nightmares of um, relatives who were deceased, who were trying to draw him into this dark place. And he, he was having these nightmares, you know. And then he accepted Christ. And what happened? He experienced the peace of God. You know, his uh, illness, you know, was still there. His circumstances did not change. However, his relationship with God changed. And that changed everything. Because now, since he made peace with God, he was now able to have the peace of God. All right. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about everything, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Once again, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that the peace of God that transcends all understanding, which, which he's saying, it just doesn't make sense. You know, in your situation, whatever is happening to you, you should be fearful, you should be anxious, you should be worrying. And this is what the world tells us. But what uh, the Apostle Paul is saying here, that as a Christian, 
God provides a peace that really makes no sense, that you could have peace despite whatever's happening to you right now. You might have an illness right now that is incurable, and you know that maybe the end's near, yet you could have peace. You may have um, lost your job. You might be experiencing COVID, or somebody you know might be experiencing COVID, and you're worried about that. But as a believer, what is the Bible telling us? The Bible is telling us, despite all of that, you could have peace. And this is not a suggestion. This is not a guideline. This is a promise from God to all those who believe him. And I love hearing the testimony from our people um, at here, Mission Valleys. During the times that, you know, they share with me when, you know, they were experienced really difficult times and they couldn't understand it, but they experienced peace. They experienced the peace of God. Even though some of them were at the point where their life, you know, hung in the balance, where they might have been a point, at, at the point where they were going to cross this life and enter into the next life. They still experienced God's peace. And God's peace reigned in their lives, proving that this is not just wishful thinking, that this does not just happen to the biblical saints, to the Davids, to the Abrahams, to the Peters and the Johns and the Apostle Pauls. No, that this is a promise to all of us, and all of us can experience the uh, peace of God that he promised. You know, the older I get... I'm finding out the less I like suspense, you know, the less I like waiting for a certain favorable outcome. And and I see this most evident in watching sports. You know, and I grew up playing sports, and I love watching sports, and I used to love watching the thrill of the game. But as I get older, I really don't like that suspense, And, you know, even this past year, when the Lakers were in game six, they weren't playing very well. And I was like, oh, man. And so I turned off the TV and I started watching something else. And then all of a sudden, my friends are starting to text me and saying, oh, Lakers strong, Lakers strong. I go, Lakers strong, what's going on, man? They're playing really bad. And then I turn on the TV and they're up by almost 30 points. And I go, what happened? What happened? Then I started watching the game, right? Because I thought, well, when you're up at 30 points, there's a good chance that we could win this game. I did the same thing with the Dodgers uh, World Series, right? When the Dodgers weren't playing well, I said, oh, man, I'm going to turn off the TV, right? Because I didn't know the outcome. But, of course, I've taped the final games, and I rewatch them from time to time. And when I rewatch them, there's a sense of, hey, there's no anxiousness. You know, I'm not worried about the outcome of the game. Why? Because I know the outcome of the game. You know, the game has been played, right? But did you know that you could have that same peace, right? We could have peace in God's victory. In Revelations 21, um, verses 1 to 4, and uh, John is recording events that have yet to happen that will happen in the future. He starts by saying, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth 
had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, uh, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling is now among the people, and he will dwell with him. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. Isn't that beautiful? That one day, the Bible says that he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will, be no, there will be no more death, mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things have passed away. Whenever God prophesies something in the Bible, it's 100% true that it's going to happen. And so, we can have peace knowing that in the end, God is victorious. And what I just read to you will be our future. What I'd like you to do right now on the count of three is I'd like you to blink your eyes. Okay? Could you do that for me on the count of three? One, two, three, blink. Okay? Now, I wanted you to blink your eyes to show you how short your life is in comparison to eternity, right? And even compared to eternity, that blink is slow, right? That one day we are going to be spending eternity with God. And that everything that has happened in 2020, it's like a blink of an eye. And we could have peace knowing that one day, one day, because God is going to be victorious that everything that we experience here on earth is going to pass and we will experience God's glory. We know the outcome of our lives. We know the ending. There is no suspense to our ending. There is no suspense to our future. Why? Because the Bible says that one day we will be in heaven where everything that you are experiencing right now, no matter how bad it is, no matter how painful it is, it's just like a vapor. It's just temporary. And we will be victorious and live with God in all eternity. And this is what gives me peace right now as I look forward to the second advent. And and I hope that This is the same for you. As you look forward to the second coming of Christ, and as you look at your current situation right now, right? Number one, you could experience the peace of God that he promised that you can experience peace even though you're going through some difficult situations. But on top of that, on top of that, you could have peace knowing that you've already won. You are victorious The end of the story has already been written. The game has been won. And you could relax knowing that one day you're going to be with God in heaven. And that gives me great peace. And I hope that gives you great peace. 
because you can't have peace during this time of such turbulence, such time of the unknown. And it's all about Christmas, about God sending his son, Jesus Christ, into this world because he loved you. And for those of you who don't know Jesus Christ, I pray that one day that you would believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would acknowledge him as your Lord, that he is right, that his plan is the only plan that works, and to believe and to have faith that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross, and that because he did that, your sins are forgiven. And that's the only way that your sins could be forgiven. That's the only way you could have salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, that's a great deal. That's a great deal. And there is no other religion that promises that kind of deal, right? And so if there was, I probably would believe in that. But this is the best deal that you could ever that somebody could ever offer you in your lifetime. And I encourage you to take that. So what's our weekly challenge this week? Well, our weekly challenge is I'd like all of you to read Luke 2, 1 through 20, Romans 5, verse 1, Philippians chapter 4, 6 to 7, Romans um, 21, 1 through 4 daily. And I'd like you to think about this. If you are experiencing stress in your life right now, ask for the peace God promised he would give you in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Once again, if you are going through a feeling a time of stress or anxious right now, ask for the peace that God promised you in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Once again, that's a promise. And it is possible for you to experience this peace. And if you're not doing so now, read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. You know, not just for knowledge, but, you know, this is the Word of God. It's living. And so when I read my Bible, it seems like my stress level goes from here all the way back to normal, just by reading God's Word. And so if you're not doing that, read your Bible every day. And then find healthy and positive activities to help relieve your stress, okay? Um, it might be exercising, um, or, uh, you know, it might be for you to um, participate in your hobbies. Whatever it is, um, find healthy and positive activities, activities to help relieve your stress. You know, for those of you who don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the best thing that you could do to re- reduce your anxiety, to reduce your stress is to make a decision to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I pray that you honestly consider that and that you do um, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ this Christmas. You know, worship team, could you please come forward? Let's pray. I'd like to pray for all of you right now who have yet to make a decision to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, for some of you, your life might be good and you might think, well, you know what? I really don't need God. But you don't know 
how desperately you do need God. Because we never know when our life here on earth might come to an end. And for some of you who are listening right now, you are going through a difficult time and it seems like the peace that you've experienced just comes and go based upon your situation in life. And you would like this peace. You would like to experience this peace that you could have no matter what you experience in life. Well, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. And all it needs is an act of simple faith. By believing that you are a sinner, that you're not perfect, and that all the good deeds that you've ever done in your life could never pay for all of the wrongs that you have done. And that the only way that you could be saved is by having somebody else pay for those sins. And that someone else is Jesus Christ, who out of love went to the cross to die for you so your sins could be forgiven. And if you would like to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you would like to experience the peace that was talked about today, I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I know that in the past I've made a lot of mistakes. And I realize that justice is required to pay for all of the mistakes that I've made. And Father, I don't want to pay for that price on my own. But I believe and I accept the gift of salvation that your son Jesus Christ gives to all who trust him. And I choose to accept your son Jesus Christ as my Lord, meaning that from now on, I will choose to live my life under new management. I choose to live my life under your guidelines and directions and commands that are outlined in Scripture. And I confess that you have been risen from the dead, meaning that you did die on the cross for my sins and that God raised him from the dead, proving that everything Jesus said about himself, about salvation is true. I believe that. Please come into my heart and reign in my life. And if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. That your salvation is secure. And that you have, now that you have peace with God, you can have the peace of God. And that the, your, the story of your life, the ending has been written. And one day that you will experience a life of eternity with God in heaven where there is no tears, there is no crying, there is no suffering or pain, only joy and happiness. And I'd like to pray for my brothers and sisters right now who are going through anxious times. I'd like to remind you that Philippians 4, 6-7 applies to you. 
and that you can't have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now who are under a lot of stress. Father, may they be reminded of your word that you promised that you would give us peace. Not as the world gives, but as the peace that Jesus gives. That no matter what they're going through, Father, that they could experience this peace. Father, that you are in control. That you are watching over them. And you, are, you do not sleep, nor you, do you slumber. But Father, you have a plan for their life. And that everything that happens to them, both the good and the struggles that they're, that they're going through right now, Father, you promise that good will come out of that. So Father, I pray for those who are going through difficult times right now. But Father, I also pray that those in our family would surround them with your prayers, that we would surround them by walking alongside to help them in areas that they need help, to show that they are part of a loving family. So Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters will experience that peace that you promise to all those who believe in you. And so thank you once again that we could celebrate the peace that you give us this Christmas. In your son's name we pray. Amen.